morning, everyone. It's good to see you on this chilly fall morning. It's it's fall, y'all. Um, I'm so glad to uh, to be with you this this morning and to be a part of our congregation. It's a beautiful thing. So, um, welcome to Mosaic Community Church, Philadelphia, located in West Philly. We're a beautiful tapestry of race and gender from every walk of life. We dare to come together because we have a vision. We think Philly is an incredible city. And we believe that reflecting the kingdom of God inside our church will be of benefit outside our church. We want to make our great city even better. So we thank you again for joining us. Um, we, uh, you are a part of a community of people who are not just from West Philly watching, but folks from all over the world uh, are watching us uh, this morning and throughout the week. And, um, I, and again, that just gives me joy because we represent the mosaic, the tapestry of Jesus's church. Um, he is the center of our community and our desire is to reflect his care, his concern, his encouragement and his action in the world so that we all can be spiritually connected, feel a sense of purpose given by the Spirit of God, and live satisfying lives um, in the way that God would have us to live and interact with each other, the way God would have us love each other, and the joy the Lord would have us take in living our lives. So um, this is the last uh, live service before we go to fully recorded services. So I think all of the next service is in the can, so I'm excited about that. Um, we wanna ask you to be patient with us as we work out kinks, and as we go through uh, creating this, 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 this fully recorded service, and as we take advantage of the little things we can do now that we're, that we're doing this. Um, but know this, please, even though the services may be fully recorded, we are there. You'll see us chatting in the, in the little chat box. There is a prayer feature that will allow you to submit your prayers. Please know this, you, when you submit your prayers, they won't go live to everyone. Only those members of our, our team, our prayer team will be able to see your need. I will be able to see your need and be able to, to pray for you. And so we will get word back to you through your email. Um, of our prayer for you and our concern for you. And only if you ask, and people should ask um, for prayers of community, will we establish another venue like on our form in our, in our website to ask everyone to pray for certain things. So know that, okay? We are there, we will be chatting. Um, I will try to leave room uh, for that chat feature as I get more comfortable with, with doing this. Um, and uh, uh, we'll grow, we'll grow from this as well. Um, so uh, feel free today to worship God quietly as usual, or you can be as loud as you want because you're in your house, your space. Uh, lift up holy hands and worship to a wonderful Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and dance if the music makes you want to move. Uh, there is no shame in this game. Uh, God is worth praise. He is worthy. She is worthy of uplifted hands. And we have been so blessed that we know God. God knows us. And God is helping us to know ourselves and one another. So enjoy the worship today. Let's pray. Our God, we thank you so much for life. We thank you that 
Lord, it's never boring, that's for sure. And as the things that are happening in the world around us bring us concern, we have this confidence that you hear from heaven and that your plan for your creation will not be daunted. You've taken on the biggest issue of what separates us in, in, the, in the sin of our lives, Lord, the sin of our nation, the sin of our systems, Lord, that separate us from one another. And Lord, you will bring them because Christ came to, 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 to discontinue all that and bring us back together. And so we stand as a congregation, as a witness and a statement, as an affirmation, oh God, of what you're doing in the earth, despite what the creation, what, what humanity, what the world systems want to do to us. Mosaic is a shining light on that hill of Samson and 51st Street. We thank you for allowing us to be a part of it. So be glorified, Father, as you receive our worship. In Jesus' name, amen. your heart, what stirs your soul, what matters come to mind, the cares you keep, the thoughts you think, it's not always the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
If you're still alive and breathing, praise the Lord. Don't stop dancing and dreaming. There's still good news worth repeating. shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest Sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Pardon for sin and a that endureth thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow blessings all mine with ten thousand beside great Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto nice mixture of music. Um, thank you so much, Kennedy. It's so good to have you with us. Uh, our sermon today uh, is not being delivered by me, but by our own Jenny Schultz. Uh, she is a member of our congregation, and Jenny uh, is, represents one of my definitions of a, gamer, of a giver. Her heart of compassion is so very evident. Uh, she is one of the kindest people that I've had the pleasure of meeting. Jenny serves God in our community um, as an educator in Philadelphia. Her concern for the struggle that our kids have when they enter the classroom um, led her to seek additional education. So Jenny went and got a master's degree and then she got a special certificate um, because she recognized that our kids you know, we're suffering from issues, social issues and other issues that had nothing to do with the classroom, but were impeding their ability to learn. And so um, Jenny is a, a educational trauma, childhood trauma specialist. And um, the sermon I gave on trauma a few weeks ago led to a conversation between the two of us. And Jenny wanted to share with our congregation on trauma 
And the good news of what God says uh, is God's intervention for us. So without further ado, Jenny Schultz sharing on trauma. Good morning, Mosaic. Um, I'm so happy to be here with all of you today. Pastor Angel reached out to me to talk to you all about trauma, and the nerd in me got so excited. For those of you that know me, this will come as no surprise at all. I can easily talk about the topic for hours, but I promise I won't. Zoom fatigue is real, and I want to keep it short. Um, I also get very animated and very passionate about the topic, so if you want to get me any other time to talk to me for hours, I'm happy to talk about it more. Um, it's a field that I stumbled into but has now become my passion, and I'll give you the quick story of how I ended up here. Um, I went to Boston University as undergrad in elementary and special education, and while I was there, um, they do this really cool thing for your um, placements where you're put into multiple practicum positions. So one has to be in an urban setting and one has to be in a suburban setting. And one had to be at least grades K through three and the other one four through six to give you experiences in all sorts of areas so that when it's time to choose your full-time student teaching, you can choose what fits you best. And from those settings, I realized that I really loved urban education um, and continued to do all my full-time student teachings in the um, urban setting. So later on, I went back for my master's degree in special education. And while I realized that it was a great program, it didn't provide me with training for working with students with trauma. Um, here I was with two degrees in teaching, and I was teaching in an urban special education school with students who had experienced all sorts of trauma to some extent, um, and a vast majority of those students potentially had PTSD, and I hadn't had a single class in college on the topic. So, me being the nerd I am, started to read many articles on it. Um, most people go down the rabbit hole of YouTube videos where they'll watch one YouTube video and it'll lead to the next um, and they'll find all the cat videos or whatever it is. I personally go down the rabbit hole of research articles where I read one research article and then I read all the references and I'm like, oh, this one looks interesting and I'm going to read this one next. Um, so I was reading tons of research articles, but I still, I wanted more. Um, so after some searching, I found a master's certificate program at Philadelphia University, which is now Jefferson University in childhood trauma counseling. And I applied. And after pleading my case, because none of my previous majors were in psychology, they accepted me into the program um, based on the population of students that I work with and um, my interests. And that has honestly probably been my favorite learning experience in my life so far. Um, so that being said, understanding trauma has become a passion of mine, especially when it comes to supporting our students in schools and how trauma affects learning. Spoiler alert, it has a huge effect on learning. Um, however, today I want to dive into the trauma that we are all experiencing as a result of COVID as well as other ongoing and related events. So to start off, I want to define some terms so that we are all understanding them in the same so trauma is defined as a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. 
post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, is a disorder in which a person has difficulty recovering from that traumatic event. So simply put, the brain does not create an ending to the traumatic event um, and file it in the something has already happened to me category, and instead the brain sees it as something that's ongoing um, and still happening today. So anything in the world today can cause us to relive that trauma for an individual with PTSD. Any sights, any smells, any sounds that connect them to that trauma can be a window to re-experience the trauma over and over again. Um, while they're re-experiencing it, the brain short circuits and kind of leaves them in a heightened place. And so for some individuals with PTSD, they're actually so used to being in this heightened place because so many stimuli bring them back to their trauma that feeling calm and feels weird and unusual. So they'll actually do whatever it takes to get back into that heightened space base to get their body amped up again to get activate that stress hormone so that they return to their normal. Um, essentially PTSD is how we experience in the trauma. Everyone experiences trauma so not everyone develops PTSD. And I love to give um, my own personal experience here back probably in like 2010 or 2011. Um, I had picked Dan up from the airport. We were both still rowing at the time and I had borrowed a friend's car and I dropped Dan off at home and it was during one of those hurricanes that came through the city and I was trying to get back to the rower storm where I lived and all the roads were closed. Kelly Drive was closed, um, 76 was closed and I couldn't get back home and so I end up on this detour and I end up somewhere in North Philly and I'm trying to work my way back down and I have no idea where I am and it's pitch black outside because it was late at night. So um, I end up, I'm weaving through North Philly and the next thing I know is I'm driving through this puddle except it's not a puddle and there's water coming down off this overpass and all of a sudden the water is up to the windows of the car um, so I put the windows down and I climb out of the car I sit on top of the car and I'm sitting there waiting uh, call the police and they ask me where I am I'm like I have no idea I'm I'm lost and so they're asking me to walk to the corner to tell them the intersection. I'm like, can't you track my phone? Like, I have no idea where I am. I'm sitting on top of this car. That's not even mine. Um, and eventually the police got me back to the police station. They refused to take me anywhere. Dan came and picked me up. Um, but to this day, when I drive in puddles, literally puddles, I know that my heart is going to start racing and that I might start sweating a little bit, but I also know that I'm going to be okay. I know that that event was in the past. I know that that's my reaction. I know I'm gonna drive through the puddle and I will be okay. Um, other people who have experienced the same thing may have reactions so adverse to any rain or event that they physically cannot even get in their car or they may completely shut down while driving in an event like that. So that's kind of the difference between um, experiencing a, tra experiencing a trauma um, and then developing PTSD. So there's been an article circulating that many of you may have read titled, um, Your Surge Capacity is Dele Depleted. It's Why You Feel 
awful. And to sum it up, we are not meant to live the way we are living this long. It is stressful for us and it is taxing our mental capacity. It is normal to feel burnt out um, and like we can't keep going. And so what I wanna do is I wanna look a little closer at why that's happening and that it's normal. Um, and then discuss it a little bit. So when we think of trauma, there are many different types of traumatic events. And these can include things such as the loss of a loved one, such as family members, friends, teachers, or pets, um, gun violence, natural disasters, hurricanes, fires, and floods, uh, assault, hospitalization, serious illness, moving to a new place, and abandonment. And this list is by no means exclusive. Um, there are many other types of traumatic events. However, these tend to be the most common occurring ones. So I want to take a closer look at this list. The loss of a loved one. There is the immediate reaction to this that so many lives have been lost as a result of this pandemic. Thousands and thousands of lives have been lost. But I also want to take it to the next level. So the loss of a loved one includes family members, teachers, and friends. And so in some sense, due to the so social isolation we are living in, many of us have lost all of these things. Our children have lost their teachers. One day they went to school and it was the last day, but they didn't know it was the last day. They did not go back the next day. You know, in the spring we had virtual learning, um, but it looked very different than it does this school year with a lot less interaction with teachers. So um, some of our students said goodbye to their teachers for the year without even realizing it. Our children in an instant lost access to their teachers. I know that my daughter personally asked me about her daycare teacher every day. Not only that, but she told me that she missed her and that she loved her. While we took the time to process that loss, we wrote her teacher letters, we sent her videos, um, text message. Um, my daughter was definitely experiencing the loss of the teacher. Every night she asked to pray for her teachers and many nights it turned into conversations of what is my teacher doing right now, mama? Um, I even remember one day we were out walking and she was looking at all the cars that were driving by because as she puts it, um, maybe I think Miss Barbara might drive by. Uh, so I know for her that she was experiencing that loss of a teacher. Um, and so for her, that was a trauma. The loss of family members and friends is real too. How long has it been since you've been able to give your friends or family a hug, or even since you've seen them in person? For many of us, it has been months. Our now five-month-old son has not been able to eat meat much of his family yet. Um, we've done the FaceTime. Um, he did get to meet my parents, but Dan's parents being on the West Coast, there's no safe way for them to be able to meet him yet. So that's a loss as well. We still have each other, but not in the physical, tangible ways that we took for granted last year. Um, when it comes to the loss of loved ones, we are all grieving and we are all still trying to keep going. So I wanna look at gun violence, which was the next topic on the list of traumas that I read. As a secondary reaction to the economic state in this pandemic, it is typical for violence and gun violence to rise. And we are definitely seeing that here in our city. Our city is seeing record heights of gun violence, and it would be remiss not to take this into account. 
For some of us, this is impacting us personally. So we may know friends, neighbors, or family who have been impacted directly by that gun violence. Even for those of us not impacted directly by it, we are often saddened by hearing more about the gun violence and maybe even feeling a potential loss of how to help or what to do. So again, I want to say we are all grieving this and we are still trying to keep going. The next category on there was natural disasters and the top three that come up when you discuss natural disasters are hurricanes, fires, and floods. And I see that list and all three of those are happening somewhere in this country right now. Um, I can think of people that are immediately impacted by each of these. So perhaps you have family and friends that live in an affected area, whether it's with the wildfires, whether they're in the path of a hurricane, whether they're evacuating for, from a flood. Um, and you're filled with worry, worrying if they're going to be okay. Perhaps you have experienced these events before and it is bringing back memories for, for you. And then perhaps you're overwhelmed by climate change and feel angry that this is where we are. So again, I say we are all grieving and we are all still trying to keep going. Hospitalization and serious illness are other traumatic events that are listed in the list. And I think this one is fairly obvious. Anyone who has been hospitalized, so whether it's due to COVID or gun violence or any sudden illness or injury, has experienced a trauma. We look at the number of people hospitalized due to the coronavirus, and we know that there is a collective trauma happening. Not only that, but people who have not been hospitalized may still fear being hospitalized and in that they're living their own trauma. The idea of contracting the coronavirus is so overwhelming to them because of the potential trauma of hospitalization. Some of us have other illnesses that we are battling and fighting, and this is also recognized as trauma. We then consider that some of these illnesses put us at a higher risk for con contracting COVID or serious complications from it, and that illness can all of a sudden become even more traumatizing. So again, I say we are all grieving and we are all still trying to keep going. When we look at these traumas, along with trauma such as job insecurity, food insecurity, financial insecurity, the lack of support, working multiple jobs, um, I see you working parents with school-age students and young children. We aren't meant to be full-time working and teaching and nannying all at once. It is clear that this pandemic has exposed us all to trauma. We are all grieving and we are all still trying to keep going. We have passed the six month mark of living in, is this the new normal? And it seems like we are going to be facing this for some time more. I think that can be a very overwhelming thought. So now what? For those of you that are feeling overwhelmed and are feeling the weight of this, I want you to know that you are not alone. It is normal to be feeling all of this. Second, I'm going to say, if you have noticed a change and feel increased depression or anxiety, therapists are great and still working with people during this time and absolutely reach out to get the supports that you need. Um, race, 
rates of depression and anxiety have greatly increased and there's plenty of resources available to support with any emotional changes. Beyond that though, I want to offer you hope and some practical things you can do to help yourself. So first, I want to start by offering this reading from Lamentations 3, verses 1 through 3 and 16 through 24. I am the one who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Against me alone, he turns his hand again and again all day long. He has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in ashes. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say, gone is my glory and all that I had hoped for from the Lord. The thought of my affliction and my homelessness is wormwood and gall. My soul continually thinks of it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. In this passage, Jeremiah is writing about the affliction that he and the people of Jerusalem face. At many times, Jeremiah felt overwhelmed by the place they were in, even seeing God as his adversary. However, in verse 21, we see that Jeremiah is allowing himself to see hope. Just as Jeremiah allowed himself to see hope in the midst of all the trauma and grief around him, we too can allow ourselves to see hope in the trauma around us. Jeremiah then comments that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Jeremiah realizes that even in catastrophe, God is faithful. He is always there. In this situation Jeremiah was going through, he realized that God always did what he said he was going to. Jeremiah realized that God is enough, and he not only could, but would continue to hope in him, no matter what challenges and hardships he was enduring. In this way, we too have experienced all the things. Um, life is really hard right now, and we are all experiencing our own traumas in the midst of this pandemic. However, just as Jeremiah states, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will hope in him. Um, we too not only can, but will continue to hope in the Lord. As we continue to hope in the Lord, I also want to offer some daily practices we can do to help ourselves and each other. So first, I want to look at some of the best practices for healing from trauma and PTSD. As a standalone, one intervention that has the best success rates for healing from PTSD and trauma is yoga and mindfulness. These work because they teach the brain and body how to be in the present and not to worry about the past or future. And so for individuals, that are experiencing PTSD um, or are living those traumas, it helps them realize that there is a here and now and to close off that part of the brain um, that's stuck in the past. 
Um, with that in mind, we have a mindfulness group here at Mosaic. So I invite you to join Melissa's mindfulness small group. Um, so second, if you're looking for more support, therapy is also successful. And when you combine the two, individuals saw much more success in healing from trauma than using any one of these practices by itself. Additionally, a simple strategy you can implement at any point in your day is to take deep breaths. Deep breaths activate the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. Essentially, one makes you alert in a good way, and the other calms you down in a good way. If you are feeling drowsy or overstimulated, stressed or avoidant, deep breaths can help your body self-regulate and return to the happy middle ground. Another way we can counter trauma is to have one consistent caring person in our lives. There is actually some new research that indicates that having a caring and consistent adult in their life is much more important to a child than how many adverse events that child experiences. Um, more so this research indicates that it is the lack of a connection with a caring adult that allows the child to experience adverse health and life outcomes. Um, so basically what that means is it's super important to have connections to adults um, or others. Meaningful connections uh, allow us to maintain our mental and emotional health. And there's research that indicates that this is true for all people, not just our youth. So with that in mind, I invite you to take some time this week to check in with someone you have been missing through this shutdown. We talked about the loss of loved ones and family and friends, and I invite you to think about those people um, and reach out to someone. So right now, I invite you to close your eyes, and with the Holy Spirit's help, think of one or two people you are missing or you are feeling the loss of due to the shutdown. As you keep your eyes closed, I invite you to think about how you plan to reach out. Are you going to give that person a call? Send them a personal email? Handwrite them a letter? Are you going to deliver their favorite snack with a note on it to their mailbox? Maybe some federal donuts, because those are open in the city. Each of these is a great way to personally engage with someone you are missing. I know sometimes it can be hard to reach out when you haven't in a while. The how are you um, can seem so impersonal. And after you ask that, you kind of sit there and wonder, what do, what do I say next? You're both like, you're like, I'm good, how are you? And then you know when you're like walking past a person in the street and you realize that you've asked the same question again a second time, and you're like, oh, I didn't mean to say that. I already said it once. What should I have said in, in what should I have said instead? So I'm gonna give you some tangible things that you can reach out and talk about if you're struggling with what to say. One thing you can do is reminisce over a good time that you had with that person. Remember when we did blank together? Normally the other person will delight in that memory as well and it'll both take you back to a happy memory and start the conversation. Um, something else you can do is you can ask what is something you find yourself enjoying during the shutdown and what is something that you are surprised to find yourself missing? 
You could also tell the person that you have realized you've been missing them during the shutdown and ask them to tell you three things that they've been up to since the shutdown started. You could also plan to do something together in the future after this. So for example, if you had always talked about going somewhere together, you could start planning the specific details minus the dates. You could also ask them if they've seen a show or movie that you've watched during the shutdown. I know I personally have asked many people if they've watched New Girl. Um, and this has led to me either convincing people that they should watch New Girl or having conversations about it. And I'm going to plug it. If you want to talk about New Girl, I will happily talk about New Girl with you. I have never been into a TV show quite the way I was with New Girl. It was awesome. So those are just some suggestions of ways to reach out to friends if you're struggling with what to say. And after you've reached out once, I invite you to do the same thing for the next few weeks. Either check in with the same person again several times or reach out to other people that you've realized that you've been missing. And if you're reaching out to someone from church, it would be great to share with how you are continuing to hope in the Lord during this ongoing time of social isolation and mental and physical exhaustion. I often think of this quote by Nikita Valerio. She says, shouting self-care at people who actually need community care is how we feel, fail people. Shouting self-care at people who actually need community care is how we fail people. Right now we need each other and we need God's hope. Finally, I invite you to sing this next song as praise and reminder that God is always there and to continue to hope in him. Let's lift up the words, Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made so strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, he is Lord, Lord of all. As a reminder that he is Lord of all and let us put our hope in that. Um, let us pray. Dear God, thank you so much for the community that we have here at Mosaic and for allowing us to all be present, albeit virtually, um, for allowing us to be present together today. Today, we thank you for being enough, for being our constant, and for allowing us to hope in you. We ask that everyone feeling the effects of these traumas that we talked about today and other traumas that they are facing in their lives, feel your comfort and know that they are not alone. We ask that you would provide us with the supports and resources we need to take care of ourselves while also giving hope during these challenging times. Thank you, God, for being our cornerstone and giving us strength. Amen. Wow, that was, um, that, I needed that. I, I, I hope it met a need in you. Um, and I love that she not only explored what, the, what trauma is, but the things that we can do um, and that we have to do. Inertia tries to keep us like in our sedentary state, but we've got to get out. We've got to get moving to counteract that and to uh, reestablish connections. Now, I'm a little, I'm a Southern girl, so sometimes I don't like admitting 
admitting it, but I am. And one thing I love about the South is that when you walk down the street and stuff and you see people, you wave and say hello. I love that. When I was in Boston, people would look at me like I was crazy, but I refused to stop. And that is just a starting point for connection in our community. Um, as we're walking, we say hello. God, you know, taps us on the shoulder to pray for someone. Um, so I want to encourage you in that because Jenny stressed it. It's the importance of connection. And uh, I wish I could program connection for all for us, you know, with a bunch of activities, but I can't. But you can do it for yourselves. I can do it for myself, just in that simple act. Um, and so I thank her for stressing that. Um, I'm going to post uh, a link to the article um, about, uh, um, what was it called? Uh, I wrote down surge protection, but I have the article pulled up. Our brains are struggling to process right now. And so I'm going to get that up so we can read it. And uh, lastly, I love all the ideas. I am in counseling myself. I go to therapy the trauma of my breast cancer and then my, my dad's illness and death and a bunch of stuff told me I needed to just have a person who would listen. So there's some, uh, some of us who still feel like that is a display of weakness and it's not. We don't get through this life alone. We need folks to help. And sometimes our friends and uh, the relationships we have are enough. And sometimes we need special assistance. And when you need that, you should be free to go and get it. So I am an advocate for it. And one day I hope to have a counselor in our church. I have those kind of crazy dreams because life is tough. And I'm not all skilled in that. So to have a professional at hand for us would be wonderful. Um, lastly, I want to challenge you also, how about writing your own lamentation? Um, to, to Some of us journal and have already written them out. For those that, that, of us that don't, to write out your lamentation. It is okay to mourn. It is important to mourn what has happened to us. But remember that even after we write out the mourning, which is important, we write out the celebration. In the scripture uh, in Jeremiah that Jenny read, she shared the, but you, O oh Lord, you know? And so we need to, to get out the mourning and then that transition to the, but you, O oh Lord. I had a friend who was walking his dog and had, uh, was uh, robbed at gunpoint. Uh, and it was shocking to him because they were like the anchor family in their community and everybody knew them and everything. And so uh, the next day his wife said she refused to allow this to change how she engaged her community. And so she took the dog for a walk and this strange guy came up and asked about, this is how the, it started the day before, asked about the dog. And then this guy asked if your husband had been uh, robbed the day before. And she said, yes. And she was like, oh Lord. And he asked if he could walk with her for a while. And they did, she felt led of the spirit to let him. And the kid eventually said, I know who robbed your husband. I'll go. They took his keys. That's all he had. I'll go get your keys. And uh, they walked a little bit. She stayed on the main street and the kid ran off and got her keys and came back and said, I'll walk with you again. Now, this is the stuff that's just kind of crazy making. He said, it's not safe out here. So I'm going to walk with you. And he pulled his jacket open and showed her a gun. But, you know, she felt like she needed to talk to this kid. So they walked for a while. Why am I sharing that? 
because in the midst of tragedy, God can bring something about that's good. She knows this kid, and so she shared the gospel with him, and they are able to engage this kid as they engage everybody in the community. Uh, they're not able to have this, but every Thursday night they had a community dinner, and uh, God enabled them to supply it so it'd be hot dogs, pizza, or whatever, and people from all the community could come. And uh, so this is a way of extending that in their walks and things. So for us to know that even in our tragedy, God has something for us. God will show us a way. We will get to the, here's the lamentation, but you, O oh Lord, are faithful. So let us continue in our worship. Okay, Mosaic, as we sing this next song, let's let the words of Jenny just soak into us, right to our spirit. on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in
Go ahead, Kennedy, if you wanted to share just before this uh, yeah. next song. Yeah, sorry. I had to come back on stage after. I can't watch myself, you guys, yet. Can't watch myself still. Um, okay, good morning. Um, I wanted to hop on and tell you a little bit about a project that I need all of your help with. Um, as we've heard this morning, Pastor Angel's, Angel called us a tapestry of life. Um, and I was thinking about ways that we could have like a tangible representation to remind us of the beauty of our diversity and um, beautifulness at Mosaic. Um, so I wanted to lead us through this project called a one word poem. Um, and now what is that? A one word poem is made up of words collected from a community. And so here's how it's gonna work. Um, all of you who are watching now and all who um, are in our community will have the opportunity to submit one word um, or more if you, if you so choose. Um, and then during the week, I will compose a, a big poem or um, almost like a, a prose, I guess, probably, uh, that will have all the words in it. And it will be a cool way to see how all our differing words um, and lives fit together to make something beautiful. Um, so uh, during this next song, uh, if you're watching now and um, you don't feel too stressed out about the pressure of choosing one word, don't worry, it doesn't have to be the most perfect word. Uh, we're going to practice using the chat function um, and get ready for our fully recorded services next week. Um, and so during this next song, go ahead and submit your word if you're watching now. Um, like I said, it doesn't have to be the most perfect word. Don't get stressed out about it. Um, Let's try to keep the words, um, well, not try. Let's keep the words rated G. Uh, and then no need, there's no need to put like propositions or conjunctions, like those tiny words. I'll put all of those twos and ands, button ors all together um, when I put the words together. So during this next song, submit your word to the chat. If you think of more words during the week, you can shoot me an email at worship at mosaicphiladelphia.org. Um, and I'll make sure that it's included and then we'll have a big reveal in a couple of weeks. So, all right. Thank you. This is Graves into Gardens by Elevation Worship. I search the world
Pastor Angel, before you take things back over, I uh, wanted to turn it over to Charlene for just a couple of seconds. Good morning, Mosaic. I hope y'all are all doing well. I miss seeing y'all in person, but it's lovely to see everyone on the screen on Sundays and for those outdoor activities that we can do safely. So I just wanted to hijack the end of the service today to um, acknowledge that this week marks one year that Pastor Angel has been with us in her role as our senior pastor. And so I just want to take this time to say thank you so much for choosing us. Um, we are so happy to have you as our senior pastor. And I know that this year has been crazy on so many different levels. Um, but from me, from the council, and from our community, you've done an incredible job. Uh, not just through your own personal struggles, but throughout COVID craziness and 
uh, American craziness and things that have been going on in the world. Um, the grace that you have shown, the love that you have shown to the community and the way that you have led us through this is inspiring. So thank you. Um, there's a few other people that would like to also say a few things about what you have meant to them personally throughout this last year. So I'll ask uh, Kelly to go first. Pastor Angel, Pastor Angel. <laughs> Love you, girl. <laughs> um, since I've been going to the, coming to Mosaic, like I explained to her, I never really had a rapport with uh, Brad. I didn't talk too much with Brad, you know, but since she came, she's been showing me a lot of different things. And she'll take you out your comfort zone, <laughs> you know. But I love her as a pastor and I love her as a, a sister because we could talk and I can really tell her really personal things about myself that I probably wouldn't tell anyone, you know. And maybe she may get it and she'll let me know if she don't. And she'll let me know, thank you, you done taught me something. And that's what I like about her. I love that about her, like, like I say, we're we're out here learning. She's learning, like she said, she's not she don't know everything, but she's learning also with everything. And I appreciate everything she's been doing for me. I thank you. Yeah. We love you. <laughs> and we love you. <laughs> thank you for sharing, Kelly and Melanie. Um, Marley, would you like to go next? Yes. Um a pastor angel my first experience with her i i'm not i'm not an official member of the church but um i met her um just after she came and um what was very personal and inspiring to me was um at the time i had just finished having um my mastectomy and she took the time to come over to Joy and Lauren's house where me and my family were staying to recover. And she came and prayed with me and my girls. And she took time out of her schedule for at the, that moment, I was like, I can't believe this. I'm not an official member of this church, but yet and still, this woman who just barely met me and just barely knew me took the time to come and pray over me. And I will never forget that. And then again, she showed up and showed out when I needed to go to the hospital and um, get my reconstruction surgery. She came she showed up at my house. She brought me to surgery. She prayed with me because no one was allowed to come to the hospital. And that was the best that we could do was she could come to the door and drop me off. And that was amazing to me because again, she didn't have to do this. And I just appreciate everything that she has done for me and my girls and even in now some things that are going on now she has words of encouragement and um she just keeps me going and 
me and my girls appreciate it more than you even know, Pastor Angel. We love you and we thank you for your prayers and your help. Thank you, Marley. Um, is there anybody else who is on the Zoom call or who can call in who would like to share some words? I'm just gonna open it up. Um, if you want to say something, just please unmute yourself and go for it. Hi, I'll just say, Pastor Angel, thanks for being here and keep on and just don't stop and keep going. <laughs> thanks, John. <laughs> Hi, um, I'll say something. I just, um, when I first met Angel, um, she would say, I love you. And I'd say, I love you. And it's like, I do love you, Angel. Um, and when my sister passed away, that was so kind to just check in on me and help us with a gift. And just, you're continuing um, getting emotional. But um, thank you. I really feel your love and love you. I'm glad you're here. Thank you, Andrea. You're welcome. Charlene, here come Melanie to say some things. All right. Good morning, everyone. So I was trying my best <laughs> to stay in the background because I didn't want to become extremely emotional. So I'll be quick. I've uh, shared my testimony about Angel before and what she's meant to me, what she's meant to my family, um, who she's been as a pastor, as a sister, and as a friend. Um, I second everything that everyone has said. She has been that to us and more. Um, if I never saw her again, she would always be someone who was very, very special to me. I could never forget for it a very devastating time in our life. She was truly her name in every way. Um, so I thank you for that. Um, and, I, and I never felt one time that she did it because she had to do it. Um, and when I say had to do it, uh, you know, so it could be said that she did it or because this is what you know, the church required. I felt like she had to do it because that's who she is. And um, for that, I'm forever thankful for, to you, sis, forever thankful. Um, words can't even explain. I could go <laughs> on and on and on, but if for nothing else, you know, like I said, I would always remember her kindness, her friendship, her smile, but forever, 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 she will always play that very, very special angel in my life. Uh, just because she was just being genuinely her. So I thank you and I love you, dear. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Melanie. Is there anybody else that would like to share? I just 
I wanted to just appreciate the like richness of like this wounded healer pastoral care that you do and you know everyone's been speaking to it but it's just so rich and you bring so much vulnerability like to this group of people that is such a blessing um, for everyone and just sort of sharing sharing your struggles and just like acknowledging what's so like all the things that are so hard in this time and just truly being being Christ-like um, in the way that God is a God who suffers with us and I just feel like you are you are here with us and that is such a blessing and and truly like you know yeah divine Thank you, Jean. All right, if, um, if anybody else, uh, if there's anybody else that wants to share, please go ahead and do so. I'll give you a couple more seconds. All right, I'm gonna hand things over to Brianna to pray us out. Sure, hi everyone. Um, I was just thinking as people, I just support and affirm everything everyone said. And Angel, you are a brave girl and you have had so much adversity. And when you tell me a couple of weeks ago that you are exactly where you think you're supposed to be, I am in shock that you still wanna show up every day this has been such a hard season i understand for you personally and for us as a community i'm so honored that you're still here you know and that you honor us by showing up every day with you know the struggles that you know you have faced personally in your family and taking care of your mom your husband your children we honor your service to us so we thank you so much and we thank you for your heart for our church and really digging in and sharing our history and our future together we honor you. And we're just closing out. Jim prayed this over Angel when we officially ordained her in a council meeting in the spring, and we just thought it was so beautiful. And he gave me permission to read it again over you. So if you'll just pray with me. Jesus, we again turn our attention to recognize your leadership and your presence here as you have been, both here in our physical space and our virtual space, here in our community and here in Angel's life and we echo all that has already been spoken. We rejoice in and we recognize your work in Pastor Angel and your blessings in bringing healing to your world through Pastor Angel. Pastor Angel, may the Holy Spirit, may the Holy Spirit, the living God, be in your waking and your sleeping, in your strength and in your weakness, in your leadership and in your followership, in your speaking and in your listening. May the spirit, the living God, be ever before you, ever behind you, and ever with you this day and every day. Amen. Thank you so much for who you are and who you are to our church. We love you. Amen. Thank you. All right, so I'm done taking over the service. So, Pastor Angel, we will turn things right back over to you. <laughs> Yeah, like that's so easy, right? <laughs> um, so uh, I'm surprised. Um, I actually have forgotten. <laughs> Mission accomplished. And, um, thank you so much. It is uh, one of the joys of my life to.
to pastor Mosaic Community Church. Um, so I, I need you guys to know what a blessing you all are to my life. Uh, my life has, has changed so much and I have joy at the thought of you. Uh, so I'm so grateful to be a part of this community and, uh, and just see God just doing wonderful things with us and the connections that we have and the dreams. I hear you guys talk and I think of so many people that I'm, I haven't gotten to yet and I'm coming, I'm coming. Uh, because you matter. Um, and so I just thank God for us, you know? And uh, I know that like Elijah, we are not the only ones, but I'm so glad we're in the number that demonstrate the love of God in such a mixed community. Um, and, you know, celebrate that, celebrate that. So, so amen. Thank you all very much. And um, I'm gonna transition if I can. I didn't bring any tissues, nobody warned me. <clears throat> So you get to see me snotting all. Um, so let's flip the switch now. Um, Brianna Whelan has served on our council for more than two and a half years. Um, she has been, I think it's two and a half years. She has been gracious. Um, Brianna is an incredibly, um, I think she's brave in her honesty and in owning her voice. Um, in a world that teaches us as women that we should shy away from that or only own it professionally. Um, and so I have been inspired by that and inspired by the, the joy that uh, she and her family bring to life. Um, and just how rich uh, her influence has been in our community. Um, Brianna is ending uh, her time with us. She's fulfilled her requirement. It's a two-year term that, you know, for whatever reasons, people keep going. But she has uh, fulfilled her commitment and in, in health and in grace and in peace. Um, we, we celebrate her and thank her for that. And though she is stepping down from council, Brianna will continue to be... Um, you know, a rich part of our tapestry. Um, uh, I see her as the blues and the, the crisp and didn't electric blues in our, in our group. Um, so um, I want to take a chance, an opportunity just to, to give Brianna a second to say something. And then I would like to pray over her life. You gotta, you gotta unmute. Yep, you, if you wanna say, if you don't wanna say anything, it's okay. Um, you know, it's it's been a, a pleasure. Tokyo Nine Council is no joke, but it, it's been an honor. And we've seen our church through some incredible seasons. So I feel, you know, unworthy in some ways of being able to be part of carrying that task, but I appreciate it and I don't take it lightly. And I, you know, just as a reminder, those who serve on council have, made a commitment to all of you to do our best to care for this community and it is not easy work most of the time but know that you are cared for you are loved 
we do everything we can to help you feel safe and delighted in by the person of Jesus. Yes. And that is the pleasure that we take on. Um, it does not come lightly, but it's been an honor and I'm proud where we are today. And I, I do say I was a part of that, but a small part of a, of a family of council members and leaders that have carried this church through some really, you know, challenging and awesome, you know, journeys. And I'm so optimistic about the council that will serve you as I step down. And I'm just so excited where we're going and I'm right here to continue on that journey together. So thank you. And I'll take a little break, but I'm around and look forward to serving in other ways. So it's been a pleasure and I love all of you and I love this community. So I'm not going anywhere. So on behalf of uh, our church, we thank you for your service, Brianna. Um, we thank you so much for your love um, and your commitment. So if I may, allow me to pray on behalf for you, on behalf of our community. Dear God, thank you so much for this beautiful person that you um, have crafted in a particular way to reflect your image. I thank you for her commitment to you first and that that has overflowed out of her life into um, small groups and council positions and in loving and connecting with our community. I pray for our sister as she steps away from this, she's finished her course right now as a council member. I just pray, Father, for rest and for renewal in her life, oh God. I pray, oh God, in the quiet times that you would speak to her. Those sweet words as you spoke and sent um, your ravens and things to care for Elijah um, after his offering to you, after his service, to refresh and renew him. I pray for that same renewal in Brianna's life, that you would take her by rushing waters, to be refreshed, that you would speak to her, Lord, uh, in that still, quiet voice, um, that you would birth new dreams for herself, for her family, for her relationship with her husband and her relationship with us, Lord, that, that in this, that her heart might be made fuller, Lord God, and that you would heal her from uh, the traumas that have come with COVID and uh, the loss of connections and, and things. But Father, that she would see uh, the great hope and victory, um, even more so in you and what you will do through her, oh God. So we bless you for this season um, for her. And uh, we thank you and ask your blessing that it extends um, into her family with her children because uh, this woman, you know, did all her stuff on council and lawyer, lawyering and gave birth to another kid. So that's a big, hairy deal, and it can be exhausting. So refresh her, oh God. In Christ's name we pray, we thank you that she remains with us and that we can move from different roles and activities in the church and still be together. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you, love. Um, lastly, I just have a, a couple of announcements. So we are one week away from our scavenger hunt and starting our, our recorded services. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to see everyone. It's really important um, that we be safe and 
the scavenger hunt the way that we're doing it. So I sent out in uh, the newsletter just some rules and I called them rules and I said, guys, bear with me. I know we're all grown and we can, you know, my, I come from the group that says, you know, uh, at the time I was young, black, over 21, I could do what I wanted to do. But um, I need us to be conscious of one another and keeping each other safe. So here's the deal. Even though we're going to be outside, masks should be worn at all times, okay? Um, there is to be no skin to skin touching. I am a hugger. I will see you and I will want to run and put my arms around you. I will want to bump elbows, bump fists, and then put on some hand sanitizer and slather it all over me. But no, we have to not do that, okay? Churches are notorious, uh, what, super spreader kind of things that happen with us. And I don't want that to happen with us. So yes, we will be, we're being extra cautious. So no skin to skin contact, but we can do some, some, uh, some, some foot bumping. So if you see each other, just kind of connect feet, hit, tap, whatever. Um, because I know we need to touch in some way. Okay. Um, and we are going to do our best to maintain our six feet distance at all times. So here's the deal. Melissa has gotten some uh, of our teachers, thank you, thank you, thank you, to volunteer their, their porches and yards for activities for the kids. So they're going to have their own version of a scavenger hunt where they do activities, okay? And interspersed in that will be things that as you're moving from one house to another that the adults will be looking for. I'm not telling you what you're looking for yet. You gotta wait. Um, and so it, it'll be that mixture for adults. And then for our folks that don't have kids and may want a little more high test drama um, and want to get on a bicycle, I got a scavenger hunt for y'all. If you want to get on a bicycle or if you want to just one spouse take the kids in one direction and the other spouse go or significant other go in the other direction, cool. Get on your bicycles, okay? So we're going to do this. We start, I think, at 10 o'clock on the 27th. That means the um, on our website, the scavenger hunts are going to go live, okay? And you'll get to see them. And I was thinking it would be better to offer, um, like, some, some lists. One list has, like, uh, 12 or 15 items to get. But I'm asking you to at least get 10 but those who will win will get more than 10, okay? We'll get the full list. And I will be at the park waiting for you. Um, we're going to meet um, near the basketball courts. I'm told that, that people aren't, a lot of crowds don't gather at that spot. Um, and it, uh, so it's a little bit isolated. So we'll meet up in six foot, you know, distance crowd um, so we can um, announce winners and things, and there'll be more instructions that go out, but you will use your phone to take pictures. There may be something you pick up um, in the places that you may pick up something, there's someone you'll see. Um, and again, things will be kept clean and neat, and so we don't uh, spread any germs with one another. Uh, so um, again, there'll be three scavenger hunts, one for kids, one for adults, that you can do with your kids, and one for a group of bicyclers, um, who we will call our ninja scavenger hunters. Um, uh, folks, and there's a 15 item list for the bicyclers, there's a 10 item list for everybody else. You're required to get at least six items on the non-bicycle list. Um, 
uh, individual, you can come together as a team, but you got to stay distance. I'm going to ask you to not make those teams bigger than four. Um, but, you know, as long as you're distance, I'm okay. Um, and then we will meet up and I'll, uh, we're going to release a picture of the location um, and directions to the location we're meeting up at uh, Clark Park. Okay, um, so you will take pictures and as a group, you will select one person who will email that picture to our admin at, or those pictures to our admin at, at Mosaic Philadelphia. And uh, that's my was for Jessica and AJ. Uh, and we will sort through that to determine our winners. Um, and then we'll have an opportunity just to hang out and visit with each other. So if you want to bring a blanket and you have your blanket and then they're six feet away and somebody else has their blanket and then you're sure your space is designated, you know where you are and, and we can just operate in traffic like that. If you want to stand and talk with people, that's cool. Um, uh, some folks say, no, I'm not bringing food. Some people say, eh, I might bring something, bring snacks for the kids and stuff. We will respect that if the kids and stuff are, are eating, we're going to stay away so that our kids stay safe, that everybody's kids in the park stay safe. So we're gonna do that. And uh, it'll give us some, a feeler for future things that we can do together. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see everybody. It's so good, stinking good. Um, lastly, I wanna thank everybody for uh, continuing to give your tithes and your offering. I want to stress the importance of that for our community, just to maintain our regular budgets. We've hired staff, we have one more staff person to go who will take care of our logistics um, of our building, which is really important. We've learned that we have got to keep our gutters on the roof clear or we get flooding in the building or water in the building when that doesn't happen. So we need someone who can regularly climb that ladder to the top level because I'm not climbing that ladder. Um, yeah, that ladder just looks too scary. Anyway, um, I, I, and I'm faithful in Jesus. I'm not getting on that ladder. Um, so we can get somebody up there who can take care of that. Um, we have had roofing repairs done to the top level. They are complete because I'm holding on to that check till they were complete. Um, and so that work is done. Um, we Melanie is working on doing some decorations on the first floor in our sanctuary space so to get that nice and pretty for us when we come back in we'll start small groups and things but when we come back in and um next week well i'm going to release a video that will speak of some of the things we're looking at for the future of the church i'm already recording it so um but we have to get on uh renovating our multi-purpose room so things are happening um those gifts for those things um, came from some individual, some generosity of individuals in our church. I want to remind us that we need to continue our tithes and offerings just to maintain our church, okay? Um, because no matter what happens, we're going to be in a position when uh, things are open back up to offer our facility, a beautiful facility, decorated and prepared for our community to come in and enjoy the space, the house of God with us. Because the house of God was meant to be enjoyed, not just for religious purposes, but again, for connection, bringing people together. And so we're positioning ourselves to do just that. Amen. So I want to pray for your tithes and offerings, your gifts that you've given uh, to us, um, just because I want, I think that's important. So together, 
Lord, thank you so much that you have resourced us, uh, that there have been struggles and, and, and needs, and you have given us, uh, Lord, the ability to meet them uh, through the generosity of the members of this church, the members of your church, Big Church C. So I ask a blessing on those who have to give and those who don't, Lord, that may not have it financially, but give of their, their resource of their lives, of their encouragement, of their effort. And I pray, oh God, that you would add a blessing to each family, each person as they give. And Lord, I just continue to ask, we ask as a body that you would continue to meet our need and to not only meet our need financially, but to meet our need for vision of our engagement of our community. Um, so we can really reflect that beautiful tapestry that is who you are, Jesus. Um, our deepest desire, because you have been so sweet and loving and transformative to our lives. We want people to meet you and to know you and to see the hope that we have and experience it for themselves. So teach us, Lord, how to do that with beyond our words, but with the way we live our lives each day as a community. This is our prayer. This is our hope. And while I'm praying, Lord, I, I just, I guess I should go on into uh, the benediction. And so I'll use my favor. Now unto you, Lord, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask and amplified version says, all we ask or even dare to think until you be glory in your church. Now, Lord, and forevermore, we bless you. We thank you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we are gathered and for the sake of his mission to redeem the world, to take all that's been separated and bring it back to unity. This is why we pray. This is why we live. This is our hope. In Jesus' name, amen. So stay beautiful. Look for um, the emails and the and and look on Facebook for any directions or uh, I don't know any hype coming out uh, for Saturday and Sunday. And uh, I look forward to seeing you then. Hopefully, I didn't forget anything. Everything's cool. Thank you so much for your words of um, affirmation. They keep me going. They really do. So I appreciate that. So God bless. Have a beautiful day. I'm going back to bed. I don't know about y'all. But anyway, peace to you. Bye-bye.